I don't remember the exact year. It's been at least 10 or more years now. There was a point in my life where my medical doctor at the time told me, you need to lose weight. Now, at that time, if I recall correctly, my weight was around 230-ish pounds. I'm five, ten and a half on a good day. All right, actually five, nine and a half. So depends on how you stand up on the, the thing. I didn't think too much about it. He said, you're not obese, you're just overweight. And I said, okay, well, my blood sugar was going up. He said, basically, this is what's happening. You're trending to become diabetic. And once that happens, you're, you're diabetic forever. So he said, lose weight and exercise. My next question was, how much weight do you want me to lose, or where do you want my target to be? He said, I want you to get your weight down to 175 pounds. I looked at him and laughed. I'm thinking, really? You won't? You want me? I was that in high school. He said, well, that's where you need to be. I thought, this man has lost his ever-loving mind. Well, I thought about it, and over a course of time, I decided that I would get my weight down to 185. Now, I didn't do anything radical or crazy. I just changed what I ate, and I started moving a little bit, more than I was moving. Through the years of going to the doctor, every year, and he's no longer my doctor, by the way. I fired him. Um, the last time I went to, to the doctor for my annual physical, he looked at my chart, and he, looked at, he said, oh, you've put on a little weight since last year. I said, excuse me? It's not much. I mean, come on, man. I've been walking. And he said, oh, I'm just I'm not saying you just gained a little weight. Don't, don't take it personal. Well, I did take it personal. And so, I thought, I'm going to walk even more. So, I've now been walking about 2 in the morning, 2.75 miles in the neighborhood that Ron and I live in. There are a few hills. They're not large hills. I've noticed that when I first started just going crazy with it, my ankles started hurting. When I say my ankles, I don't mean the ankle. I mean the top part of my foot that tendon or something, and then my calves were hurting. And I thought to myself one morning while I'm walking up this hill, I'm going to quit. I mean, who cares what the doctor says? Who cares? I just want to sit and do what I want to do. I want to have my morning, and I want to drink my coffee, and I want to load it up with sugar and cream, and I'm going to eat ice cream, and I don't care anymore. And then God said, is that what is best for you? And I said, okay, look. So me and God are having a conversation, and so I had to make the decision, I can't give up. I've got to keep pressing. And so I'm still not at 175. I may never get there. But I, I had to make a decision not to give up. Now, here's what this has to do with this message today. Many of us pray. Many of us call to God, and we ask God, God, do this in my life. God, help me with my relationship. God, provide my financial need. God, help me make a wise decision. God, 
I am praying for my children. And you could just keep going on and on and on. And you pray 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 looking for change. And you see little to no change. And the little voice whispers in your ear, well, why don't you just give up praying? Because it's not making a difference. And, and so many people, they give up on praying. They say, you know, I have prayed about this every day for fill-in-the-blank number of years, and nothing's changed, or little has changed. And we just want to give up. I want to encourage you today not to give up on prayer. Keep praying. Keep putting that thing that's bothering you on the altar before God and say, God, I'm not giving up. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to stop talking with you about this because this is important. Don't give up on prayer. That's what we're going to talk about today. In this final message on prayer, in Luke chapter 11, Jesus has talked about how we should pray. We should declare the greatness of God. We should say, God, your will, your deal, your purposes are more important than mine. And God, I'm asking you to forgive me and help me to forgive others and keep me free of temptation. God, I am praying these things, and now I'm, I'm laying all of these needs before you. But there are sometimes, God, I just, I just want to quit praying about that because I don't see a change. I've lost hope. And God says, don't give up. Don't give up. And then Jesus tells his disciples this little parable about prayer. And here's the parable. I'm going to tell you the parable, and then I'm going to read verses 9 and 10. The parable goes something like this. He said, suppose you have a friend, a good friend, and it's late at night. You and your wife and your children are all in your bed. You're asleep when all of a sudden your friend knocks at your door and says to you, Friend, I've got a friend who just came to my house and I don't have any bread to feed him. Could you give me some bread to feed my friend who just came to my house? Some of us are going, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Well, this was Jewish custom back in that day. So you say to your friend that knocked on your house at about 12 midnight, my family, we're all tucked into bed, go away. Now, they didn't have Walmarts back then. There weren't 24-hour grocery stores or restaurants you could go get bread for your friend who decided to arrive at a late hour, and you failed to provide for your friend that you knew or may not have known was coming. It doesn't matter. This is a parable. This is a story. So you tell your friend that, and your friend says, well, uh, look, I know you got bread. I'm going to keep knocking, and I'm going to keep asking, and I'm going to keep bothering you. And so your friend outside keeps knocking and keeps saying, I need some bread. Get up and give me some bread. And you finally say, not because he's your friend, but because he is just bugging the living stew out of you. I'm going to give you the bread so you will shut up and go away. 
So you get up, you give him the bread, and your friend goes away. Jesus told this story, and I am sure that his disciples, when they heard the story, they thought, what has this got to do with prayer? See, a lot of us, if we had been the friend in the story, when our friend inside the house said, go away, it's late, I'm not getting up, we would have walked away because we're nice people. We're considerate people. Oh, no. This guy had no consideration for this friend inside the house. He just kept knocking and kept talking until finally he got up. and get. So what, this is what Jesus said about it. Verse number 9, Jesus said the following, So I say to you, keep asking. Keep asking. Listen, I can't say it enough. When you are struggling with giving up on prayer, Jesus said, keep asking. Keep asking. Did he say, stop asking? No, he said, keep asking. He said, and it will be given to you. Keep asking and it will be given to you. And then he said, keep searching. Keep searching and you will find. And he didn't stop there. He said, keep knocking, and the door will be opened to you. So keep asking, keep searching, and keep knocking. When you are thinking about struggling with giving up on prayer, Jesus said, look, you can't do that. God wants you, God is begging you to keep asking him for something, whatever that is and keep searching for the answer, and then keep knocking. Just keep at it. Stay at it. Don't give up. Don't quit. For he says in verse 10, For everyone who asks receives, and the one who searches finds, and the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Now, here's where most of us are. We will lay it on the altar, and then we'll walk away. And then we'll come back and we'll lay it on the altar again. And then we'll walk away. And we at some point, when the answer doesn't come, we just give up. And we keep asking. We keep searching. And we, keep, we quit knocking. We just quit. We just give up. We say, you know what? If God wanted me to have it, if God wanted this to be a blessing... He would have already answered it by now. And so in our mind, we just say, eh, well, you know, it's not that important, I suppose, so I'll quit. Earlier this morning, I was visiting with our young adults, and we had a, an interesting conversation about parenting and raising your children to be godly children. Many of, many of us who are adults with adult children we wonder and we pray for our children's spiritual growth still. And those of you who have children, you will be praying this prayer for years to come. There are many of us who have grown children who have children. We raised in church that we, we taught them Scripture and we prayed with them and they don't go to church anymore. 
Many of us, and I shared this with the, the, the class this morning, this idea. There is a verse of Scripture in the book of Proverbs that says this, Raise up a child in the way he should go, and what? And when he is old, he will not depart from it. And so, as a parent, you think, well, now I did what I could. Maybe I didn't do enough, so now what do I do? You pray for this child, who is now an adult. And you pray. And you pray. And you pray. And you pray, and you pray, and you wait for change, and you see none. And then God says, don't quit praying for this. And in your mind, you're thinking, well, God, I've been praying for it for a long, long time. When are you going to do something? I've seen no change. I've not even seen glimmers of hope. And our natural tendency is to just give up and quit praying. But God says, don't give up. Keep asking. Keep searching. Keep knocking. Don't give up. Because when you ask, and when you search, and when you knock, Jesus said, it will be opened. It will be done. Why? In this case, because Scripture says when your child is old, he will not depart from it. See, there's a tie into Scripture. Now, this is, this is challenging for some people. It's challenging for me. It's challenging for my wife. There are things in your life where you have prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and you reach the point where you just say, you know what, God, nothing's changing. Nothing's making a difference. And you just quit. Jesus says, don't quit. Keep at it. Keep pressing on. Keep moving forward because when we pray, asking, it's going to happen, but I don't know when. There's some things that I've been praying for for many years. I'm still waiting for the answer. Now, when you feel like giving up, I just want to share some things with you. When you feel like giving up on prayer... First and foremost, remember what Jesus taught you about prayer. In these verses, chapter 11, in Matthew's gospel, where we have the Lord's Prayer, just remember what Jesus taught you about prayer. When you feel like giving up, just remember Jesus said to you and to me, just declare the greatness of God. One day last week on the morning walk, I was telling Rhonda this morning that some mornings I listen to music that puts a little bounce in my step. It's not always Jesus music, y'all, okay? It's, it's got a little rock beat to it. But sometimes going up the hill, I, I, that, that motivates me. Well, on this particular day, I turned on my, my music, and, and, and God just spoke in my spirit and said, Oh, no, 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 not that today. And so then I turned it to some Jesus music. And God said, no, 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 not, not that, no, no, not that today. And I'm like, well, what? 
So I looked at my phone, and I'm scrolling down albums. Y'all remember albums, CDs that I bought years ago? And there was one on there. Michael W. Smith had done this, gosh, back when our kids were still in school. And I clicked it, and that was it. God said, that's it, now walk. So now I'm walking to this music, and God is talking as I'm walking, and I was struggling about what to preach after this series, because originally it was going to be the Ten Commandments, but then this is what I'd said. No, I'm not talking about the Ten Commandments. And now my God and I, we're, we're walking, and God's talking, and I'm trying to listen, and God is saying, oh, you're going to talk about the Ten Commandments? No, I don't want to talk about the Ten Commandments. And God said, listen to the music that's being sung. So, short story is this. I was reminded that when we pray, we're declaring the greatness of God. God said, just talk about my greatness. I went, okay, all right, that's fine, I'll do that. Now, let me walk, i got to focus. My, my ankles are hurting. We declare the greatness of God. We, we say, God, my will is not as important as your will. And God, I struggle so much in life. Help me please you in my life. So when we're praying and we feel like giving up, we've just got to remember what Jesus said. This is how to pray. Just a simple reminder. Not only do we need to do that, but we need to examine some things in our life. When you feel like giving up on praying, Take a hard look and just look in the mirror and just remind yourself of this. God, how's my relationship with you and other people? You see, sometimes, sometimes when we feel like giving up on praying, our thoughts about God are not always positive. There are moments when we we prayed for something. We prayed for healing. We prayed for a financial need. We prayed for a marriage to be saved. We prayed for fill in your blank, and, and it, it wasn't answered. And you got angry with God. You were disappointed. And you just say in your heart, not all the time out loud, you just say, God... You know, what good does praying really do? Because I asked you for this, and I prayed, and I prayed, and I prayed, and I prayed, and it just didn't happen. That's a problem. Understandable, but it's a problem. And so we've got to learn to say, God, um, maybe you didn't want me to have that. I don't know how many married folks I've talked to where their marriages ended in divorce and when they came in for counseling on more than one occasion often the coming into counseling was just a little too late when I say a little too late meaning they should have come in a lot sooner and now they're in and one spouse is saying I want to save the marriage and the other was like sitting over there like this and like I don't really want to save the marriage it's like the mind had been made up. And so now in desperation, they're praying and they're doing all of these things to try to redeem the marriage. 
And then when the marriage ended in divorce, they're like mad at God because God didn't change the heart of the other one. And the other one's saying, well, God, you didn't change the heart of that one. And so we, we have to reconcile and examine our own life and say, God, do I have a problem with you? Because maybe my problem is with you, God. You didn't do this when I asked it back then, so why should I pray now? Or maybe our problems with other people. We've got to examine our relationship with other people. Maybe there's sin in our life that we've not really dealt with. Maybe we've we've not forgiven somebody of something they did, oh, X number of years ago. Maybe we just need to learn to be really honest with our own self and say, God, what is it? What is it I need to confess? Here's the verse of Scripture. It's John 9, 31. This is what Jesus said. We know that God does not listen to sinners. He listens to the godly person who does his will. That sounds a little harsh, doesn't it? God doesn't listen to sinners. But this is what God is saying. If you really want me to hear your prayers, if you really want to be changed, you've got to deal with the stuff that's wrong in your life. The stuff that's not measuring up. I mean, I got stuff. Y'all didn't know that, did you? All right, some of you know it. I got stuff. I got stuff that doesn't please God. And I have to talk with God about my stuff. And let's just call it what it is, my sin. I am a sinful person. Rhonda knows I am far from perfect. Even though at times she will say, you are the best thing since life. And she's never said that. <laughs> Not really. Now, I'm kidding. What, what I'm saying is we, we all have some sin in our life. And God wants us to take a hard look, and maybe we feel like giving up on prayer because we're not dealing with our own sinfulness. We need to examine our motives sometimes. We we all have a reason we want something to happen. Maybe in a relationship you want your husband or your wife to be someone a little different. And you want God to change him or change her. Maybe you have a child that you just just say, God, change that kid. And you fill in the blank about what you want changed about that child or grandchild. Maybe sometimes you pray for God to change your mom or your dad. Oh, my goodness. You just say, my mama, my daddy. You just say it, and I just wish, God, you would change that about them. Your motives are wrong. You, that's selfish. Because we sometimes want people to be what we want them to be rather than what God wants them to be. So we, we've got to ask God about our motives. The lottery, I don't even know if anybody won or not. But a few days ago, apparently it was a billion dollars or something. And, and I know that, that, Ron and I, we just did the math just because we just wanted to do the math. I did the math. What does a billion dollars look like in a pocket? We kind of figured up, well, if we live to be this old, 
and we had a billion dollars in our bank account, how much would that be per month? We did the math. I looked at Rhonda, and she looked at me, and we thought, that's a lot of money. It was, what, a million dollars or something a, a month or more? I'm like, I can't spend a million dollars in a month. I mean, I couldn't, I don't even know how to spend, I mean, I wouldn't know how to spend that kind of money. Now, we, so we, we, we've not bought a ticket. Just to let you know, we did not buy a ticket. We did not buy two tickets. We did not buy three. We did not buy any tickets, okay? So don't go over except he bought 14 tickets. No, I didn't buy any, and she didn't buy any. Why? Because it just, it's just not our thing. Our motives. Why do we do what we do? And so God may be saying, well, I'm not answering your prayer right now because your motives are wrong. They don't line up with my purpose, my plan for you and your life. So we have to say, God, what is my motive? This is what James wrote in James 4, 3. He says, when you ask, when you're praying, you do not receive because you ask with the wrong motives. So sometimes when we're asking God for something, our motive, does it match God's motive? It's wrong. And so we can't expect God to answer the prayer because our motive's wrong. And we also have to examine our lifestyle. When you feel like giving up on prayer, you've got to ask, God, what, what, what is my lifestyle? What is it about me? And I need to examine my lifestyle because my lifestyle may not be matching what you want it to be. And that's a difficult at times because... I've been, I've been told this more than once. Someone likes this boy, this girl likes this boy, and the boy says to the girl, well, tell you what, we'll talk about marriage, but first we've got to move in together and not get married. Y'all follow me, right? Now, the girl says, I really like the boy, and I've been praying that we would get married, but, but he says he doesn't want to talk about marriage unless we move in together because he really likes me. So let's, I'll pray about it. That's what we say. We'll pray about it. And in the prayer, I've been told this a lot in the last 20 years, 15 years in particular. God told me, after I prayed about it, that he wanted us to move in together before we got married so that we'd know if we were compatible or not. I got news for you. Ron and I have been married 42 years. We're compatible, but we're not always compatible. Do you know why we're not always compatible? It's me. Because I'm not always compatible with her. Now, she's not always compatible with me either. Why? Because we're two individuals. And while we are the same basic persons we were when we first met, we're still, and, and me in particular, I am very, very selfish and, and very opinionated and very stubborn. 
And there are moments when I will dig my heels in and I will look at her and say, that ain't happening. And I don't always say it in words. But it causes friction. And in moments like that, guess what? We're not compatible. Now, those moments don't come often. But when they do come, they come roaring in. Here's what I want to say to you. God will never tell me or you to do something that violates Scripture. Ever. Ever. Like never. It will never happen. So if you say, God, I prayed for this, and your word says something different, and you do it anyway, you just basically removed yourself from God saying, oh, the blessing's going to have to stop because your lifestyle is wrong according to the standards in Scripture. That sounds so harsh, doesn't it? But it's, it's just the way it works. And we, 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 we've got to ask ourselves, when we feel like giving up on prayer, God, is there something in my lifestyle that's not measuring up? Proverbs 15, 29 says, The Lord is far from the wicked, but he hears the prayer of the righteous. So we have to ask, God, is there something in my life I need to ask for? And then the final examination of our heart, our motive, or our life is this, is our faith is our faith. Sometimes when we pray, we pray, we pray, we pray, we pray, and, and, and nothing's changing, and then our faith starts to wane, starts to decrease. And we kind of go, God, hmm, I don't know if you can do that. Now, we don't really say it that bluntly, but we're saying in our mind, secretly, silently, God, I know you can, but you won't, so I don't believe you will, so I'm going to quit praying about it. And then we say, on the other hand, God, you can move mountains. We've heard that, right? It only takes a little faith to move a mountain. How many mountains have you prayed to be moved? I can tell you how many I've prayed to be moved. None. Not mountain, mountain. I've never gone to a big mountain and looked at it and prayed a prayer of faith that that mountain would be moved to South Georgia. Never happened. I don't have that kind of faith. My prayers are not that good. It's just faith. I've been in the hospice situations where people said, pray for healing. I'm like, you don't want me to pray because I don't have that kind of faith. I'm just being very honest right now. When, when that doctor told me to lose from 230-ish to 175, I'm like doing the math going, huh, that ain't happening. That ain't happening. I ain't got the faith in that. See, we, we don't always have faith that God will do it. Not that God can't, but that God will do it in our circumstance. And we have to examine that. When you feel like giving up, God, where's my faith in you? James says this in James 1, 6 and 7. But when a righteous man asks, he must believe and not doubt. Oh, gosh. 
Why does God have to say, believe and not doubt? Because faith is the absence of not doubting. We, we pray and say we believe, and we kind of go, eh, I don't really think this is going to happen. And then he says, because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind, that person should not think that he will receive anything from God. Sometimes we pray and we don't really believe God's going to answer it. Now, I believe God's going to speak to my children, my wayward children. I just don't know when. And I struggle with that. I mean, honestly, I struggle with that. But I know, too, that I've got to have faith that God's going to honor his word, that what we did with them so young and through their team, it won't depart from them. I've got to claim that scripture. I know what I know, and yet I struggle with it. See, see, so many of us are like that. We, we have faith, and we don't have faith. And there is the struggle. We have to examine it. So the final thing to leave you with is this. We have to remember who we are. Who are we? If you have been saved, if you've been born again, if Jesus has come into your life because you confessed him as Lord and Savior, you are a child of God, a child of the King. And so John says it this way, 1 John 5, 14 and 15, this is the confidence we have in approaching God. So as a child of Jesus Christ, as as his child, you can have confidence when you bow in prayer. And you can say, God, this is it. I'm laying it down on the altar that if we ask anything according to his will, don't forget that. If we ask anything according to the will of God, he hears us. God hears you. And then he says, if we know he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. See, Jesus said, look, don't give up. Don't give up. Don't quit praying. Keep going. You're my child. This is my will. And I'm going to answer it in the affirmative. I'm just not going to do that today. Um, when then, God? Well, I can't give you the date. Just keep praying. Keep seeking. Keep knocking. Keep at it. I'm going to answer it because you're my child, and this is my will. Just keep praying. Well, I'm tired of praying, God. I'm tired of waiting. Keep praying. Don't give up. Keep searching. Keep knocking. Keep praying. This is my will. This is why prayer can change you. Because when you say, I'm just going to quit and give up, you, you lose the blessing. The last time I weighed myself, it was down to 182. 182. You know what I've decided? I'm going to get it down to 175. I don't know when it's going to happen. 
It's going to happen. Why? Because I'm not going to give up. See, many of us, we just want to give up. Throw in the towel. Why? Because it's easier to do that. It's easy to do that. It's harder to keep praying. It's harder to keep asking. It's harder to keep knocking. It's harder to keep searching. That's hard. But Jesus gave us a promise. He said, if it's my will and you ask for it, it's going to happen. So you just keep doing it. Don't give up. Don't miss the blessing. Let's pray together.